Let's try to keep the throat clearing to a minimum. Yes. <laughs> try to get it all done now. <laughs> Sounded like a machine gun. <laughs> or like a or like a, a dolphin that has a larynx problem. <laughs> a dolphin that smoked a pack a day for the last 20 years. <laughs> Hey y'all, welcome to episode 117 of I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Amanda. That's I'm Christina. She doesn't get to talk. She always cuts me off. So it's it's me. It's all me. Look at me. Don't look at her. She can't help you. <laughs> when you did that, I immediately like made eye contact with you in the camera. Okay. Like, I'm sorry. What do you want? <laughs> uh, how's it going? Um... First of all, we both don't feel good, so I'm sorry if there's throat clearing or just <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. It's going to happen. I'm not going to get them all out when I edit. <laughs> I've got to lot the flam. <laughs> uh, it's good. We have some exciting news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we were asked to join the Age of Radio Podcast Network, so we did. So we did. <laughs> so we're part of a network now. Yay. Um, so you guys are going to be hearing probably some ads and some content from other podcasts that you might be interested in mm-hmm. um, that might be pay- playing like during our breaks or um, in the beginning or end of episodes. So just giving you guys a heads up. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that will change on your guys' end. So don't worry about anything like. Actually, we'll probably be more consistent with episodes and have less shenanigans. Yeah, I mean that's fair because now we're part of a network and we have to put out episodes because we, we, we have to be semi-professional because people are we're representing something that's not just us <laughs> <laughs> someone is holding us accountable you know <laughs> but yeah so that's exciting um, um so just watch for that you know Amanda and, and I have both decided we really want merch so we're gonna figure that out here eventually mm-hmm um so yeah like just we're trying to make money so we don't have to because the discussion was really getting there as to are we gonna have to end this on podcast because we're mm-hmm. paying way more money than we can and just a whole bunch of different stuff and then this mm-hmm. kind of fell into our lap and it was like <clears throat> we don't have to pay any money <laughs> well right and it's like well let's give it a go let's cause... give it well let's keep it going because we want to keep it going so because mm-hmm, we legitimately were like okay we either need to start making enough money to like break even and pay for the things or we need to figure out a way to do this not so expensive so here we are and so we, we might open up a patreon too for one thing at a time these are just yeah eventually but eventually. we're just they're things so just watch for them we'll let you know yeah all right. How are you as a human being, Christina? That good, huh? Excuse me. Um, <laughs> pretty good, actually. Um, I decided I was taking this four-day weekend. I didn't work at all because normally I work. I was like, no, I'm taking my holiday weekend, not working. Mm-hmm. And then my mom put me to work and we had to decorate the whole house. It looks beautiful. It looks like Christmas threw up in our house, but very classily. Mm-hmm. Classily? That's not a word. Um, it was so we were doing a craft day and mom had all these crafts on the phone on her pinterest and i'm like so how do you do it she's like i don't know you're supposed to figure that out and i'm like hold up hold up hold up you've planned this craft day and decided these are the things you want to make but you've done no research as to how to actually make (laughs) (laughs) you just want 
you just want me to figure out how to make them? She goes, yeah. So I have about seven fucking hot glue gun burns on my hand. I'm sorry, you're an angel of grace. I'm not allowed to use a hot glue gun anymore. I wouldn't let you do it in the first place. <laughs> they made a mistake. So yeah, that was that's been my holiday weekend. Oh, I also woke up on Thanksgiving morning and was told that I was the one cooking. Mm-hmm. I was not aware of that until Thanksgiving morning. So I made a whole Thanksgiving feast though, and it was delicious. Good job. So that's that was that's my last four days. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. How about you? Um uh I worked and then <laughs> um I went to mom and dad's and ate until I felt like I was gonna puke. Uh, I did Christmas decorating last weekend and we finished it up this weekend because he was at drill. So I had nothing else to do last weekend. Mm-hmm. Chris is on call. So he worked pretty much all day yesterday until his mom came. She visited and got to see the house for the first time. <clears throat> and uh, that's about it. That's all I got. I mean, it hasn't been super exciting. We all, oh, we went and saw Resident Evil. Oh, was it good? Uh-huh. It was, it's very, the visuals in it mimic the video game a lot without being like obviously a video game kind of scene. And mm-hmm. it, was pretty, it was pretty neat. It was nice. pretty neat. Nice, nice. All right. So we both don't feel good. So there's not going to be a lot of banter. Should we just start yeah. depressing you all? Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Chrissy, you're up. Chrissy. Chrissy. You're not supposed to call me that in front of people. Christy. Oh. you take chrissy over it right yep i don't know why i hate that name not on me i just hate that name on me you don't like being called christy it's just like when people call me mandy like i don't have a problem with the name i just don't like being called it mandy mandy i have like three people in my life that call me mandy and that's fine nobody else call me mandy well and there's like i think rachel calls me christy Mm-hmm. She calls me Chrissy too, and I don't even—it doesn't even phase me. But like mm-hmm. other people, when I'm like, don't, "Hey, don't say that." Hey, gross! All right, what do you got for me? Um, I'm going to tell you about the murder of Mackenzie Lewick. So, Lewick. It's the murder of Mackenzie Lewick. Okay. Just getting that right out there. Um, she is from El Segundo and was raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So it's Mormonism. Okay. Anyone who doesn't know that um she attended el segundo high school where she was on the swimming team and played water polo and then she went on to attend the university of utah where she majored in kinesiology and pre-nursing and was just a member of the alpha uh chi omega sorority kai i know you were gonna correct me on that because i as soon as i said it, i was like that's, said, that's, was not, like, that's right. not right chi <laughs> <laughs> omega sorority and was set to graduate in may of 2020 Okay. However, uh, she was reported missing in June of 2020. So this is relatively recent, huh? Huh? Yes. Yep. A little over a year, year and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. She was set. She went missing in June of 2019. (laughs) Oh, I was like, this was like a year ago. Sorry. Anyway, I was, well, I was trying in my, you were asking me that. And in my head, I was going, 
She was set to graduate in May of 2020. Well, then why did I put however? She disappeared in June of 2020. That's after she graduated. And I was like, oh, I wrote the wrong date. So um, on so on June 17th of 2019, um, early in the morning, Mackenzie Lewick arrived at the Salt Lake City International Airport from California. So she went home to visit her family, okay. flying back to uh, the Salt Lake City International Airport. Uh, she was picked up by Lyft driver Michael Canada Michael. and was one of the last people to see Mackenzie Lewick alive before she vanished. Okay. So he said there was nothing really unusual about the ride other than Lewick brought up how weird it was that she was having him drop her off at a park. Uh, Lewick told him she was meeting a friend at the park who would pick her up. He said he gave no more thought to that fact because as a Lyft driver, he drops people off randomly at random locations all the time right um but he did kind of think it was a strange meeting place at 3 a.m right that is but at the same time maybe it was like i'll meet you halfway but i can't go all the way to the airport and this park was halfway between their house and i suppose in general you know it's 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 sketchy as fuck don't get me wrong i'm just saying that i could understand how like my friend would be like I can't drive. If you can get halfway here, I'll pick you up and get you back to the school or something like that. Yeah. Um, so he pulled into Hatch Park in North Saint, North Salt Lake, Utah, where one car, there was only one car in the parking lot, which he described as a Subaru. He parked next to the car, grabbed Luke's bag from his truck and put it in the hatchback of the Subaru. He did see a person with dark curly hair, but he thought it was a woman. But then on June 20th, Luke's father called Salt Lake City Police Department to inform them that no one had heard from her since she arrived back in Utah and was picked up by a Lyft driver. So they had gotten a text saying, hey, landed, getting in the lift. Mm -hmm. And then they heard nothing from her for three days and couldn't get a hold of anyone who. That's scary. Found her or had seen her. Okay. So the police questioned Michael Canada, but he was quickly ruled out as he continued working as a Lyft driver for hours after her disappearance. So like there's recorded stops and there's yeah, um, like he checked in and everything like that. Yeah. Um, And police actually quickly zeroed in on a suspect named Aula Ajayi as he had exchanged several text messages with Luick in the morning of June 17th. Her last text was to him was at 2.58 a.m. Uh, the cell phone data also placed Luick and Ajayi in the park at 2.59 a.m. Um, Additionally, prosecutors say photos of Luick were found on Ajayi's phone. So a little bit of background about Ayula Ajayi. He was originally from Nigeria, uh, but he did have a U.S. green card that allowed him to work in the U.S. He was formally studied at Utah State University. Um, but was barred from campus in 2012, uh, including for several reasons. Uh, There was, he had visa issues, um, allegations that he had stolen an iPad, uh, but he was then allowed to return to campus in 2015 after resolving issues with his visa. He studied computer science, but did not graduate uh, and was an information technology worker and was briefly in the National Guard. So it is believed that the two met on a dating website called Seeking Arrangements. It's for sugar daddies and sugar babies. Oh, wow. So um, here's some red fucking flags about Ajayi. So in April of 2019, he asked a contractor to build him a secret soundproof room under the front porch 
with head height hooks on the wall and a fingerprint scanner for entry. He claimed that he wanted to hide the alcohol from his Mormon girlfriend. Uh, what? I mean, no. That's basically what the contractor said. <laughs> he was very uncomfortable with the request and turned it down. Yeah. A cleaner separately said that she was kind of weirded out because she noticed a lot of cameras in Ajayi's home, especially in the master bedroom. Uh, and then according to North Park Police Department, um, he was investigated in connection with a, a rape that was reported in 2014, but the victim declined to press charges. Okay. And then on March 10th of 2018, he invited a woman into his home while they watched TV on his couch. He began to like force himself on her. Um, when she tried to get away, he pinned her down, bit her three times. But the um, the alleged victim, she called the police, but she did also declined to press charges. Mm, okay. Uh, he was also accused by his ex-wife of threatening to have someone kidnap and kill her. So she cut off all communication with him. And he she reported that he would get really aggressive when she didn't do exactly as he demanded. Oh, he seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He also he wrote is. a book called Ford and Identity, which he sold on Amazon, and it featured two characters who are killed and burned. Okay. So on June 28th, um, a Salt Lake City uh, detective arrested um, Ayula Ajayi, and he was charged with kidnapping, aggravated murder of Luak, along with de- desecration of her body. So during a search around Ajayi's property on June 26th, they discovered belongings uh, to that are things that belong to Mackenzie and some of her remains. So specifically a freshly dug area in his yard, which contained her like burned personal items. They were charred. And then there was charred muscle tissue, which was sent to the Utah state crime lab. um, And it was identified as Lewick's bone. Okay. Uh, neighbors actually reported to the investigators that Ajayi had bonfires behind his garage on June 17th and 18th that resulted in a horrible smell. Uh, additional, additionally, charged, charred fabric and other items were found uh, in a nearby alleyway. They also searched his vehicle, which they said smelled strongly of gas, and they found a red gas can similar to the one he purchased at 9 a.m. on June 17th. Okay. So um, after being arrested, he told his attorneys where Lewick was buried. His attorneys then worked with prosecutors to find Lewick's body, basically to take the death penalty off the table because they were in Salt Lake City or in Utah. On July 5th, police reported that Lewick's body had been recovered. So it took over a month or not a month, but a week or two. Um, Lewick's body had been recovered in Logan Canyon. And then on July 3rd, while searching, investigators found recently disturbed ground off the main road in a wooded area. And there in a shallow grave was the charred human body. Um, the medical examiner's office determined that it was Lewick. According to the district attorney, uh, Ajayi's phone recorded him in Logan Canyon on July- June 25th between 2.30 and 4.30 p.m. Okay. So, and not, so basically what happened was he killed her, burned her, buried her in his backyard. And then when it started to turn on him, he dug her up, which is why they found like the loose yep. grave in his yard and put her in the Canyon. Um, 
An autopsy found that blunt force trauma to the left side of her skull caused brain hemorrhaging that ultimately killed her. Okay. So it is believed that Ajayi planned to murder Lewick prior to picking her up. Going so far as to turn off the video of his home security system to avoid documenting her presence in his home. Uh, Once he and Lewick were at his residence in Fair Park neighborhood, he tied her hands behind her back with zip ties and rope and tried to choke her with his hands. Uh Uh, And then he... um, moved her onto his stomach and strangled her with a belt until she stopped moving. But she also suffered, like I said, blunt force trauma on the left side of her head. She was also found to be missing part of her scalp and had a five centimeter hole in her skull. Okay. Uh, So after murdering her, he claims he buried her body and some of her belongings in the backyard, threw some of her belongings into the Jordan river. Then the next day he dug up her remains and burned them because he didn't think that burying her was sufficient. Days later, police came to Ajay's house to ask him questions about Luke's disappearance. So then he dug her up, like I said, brought her to Logan Canyon. So he just like like moved her body multiple times. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay. On October twenty third. Um, okay, so on October seventh, sorry, twenty twenty. He pled guilty to first degree aggravated murder and third degree desecration of a human body in connection with her death. In exchange, prosecutors dropped charges of aggravated kidnapping and obstructing justice and removed the possibility of death penalty. Okay. Um, on October 23rd, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He was also sentenced to an additional five years on top of that for desecrating her body. He was also charged with the 2018 kidnapping of another woman who had met he had met on the dating app. Uh, That victim came forward after he was arrested for Lewick's murder. So Um, this was like a thing that he did with that website. The investigators and the um, prosecutor believed that he was like a serial killer in the making. Yeah, it sounds like it. Like if he, because he was escalating and if he hadn't been caught on his first kill, Mm -hmm. he probably would have continued. Wow. A trial for that case was set, but then he pled guilty to one count of second-degree forcible sexual abuse in connection with that case and was sentenced to an additional 15 years, one to 15 years in prison (gasps) for the crime. I mean, at that point, he'd already been sentenced to life in prison plus another five, 10 years. So at that point, the judge was just like one to 15 years. (laughs) Right. Like it's basically just more for the premise of saying that he was charged with it. Right. Um, And then the other thing they found during the investigation um, in August, police say they found numerous uh, pornographic photos of children ages four to eight on his computer. Um, But those charges were dismissed also in um, part of the plea deal to get him to plead guilty to murder and assaulting another woman. So basically they knew he was going away for life anyway. So they dropped those specific charges so that he could... Uh, and that is the tragic case of Mackenzie Luck. Ugh, what a douche! Every time I heard his name, I kept wanting to say Aioli. Why? I don't know. Doesn't it really sounds... even sound like it too much, but made me think of it. Aioli. It's the same, um, like number of consonants, and it's got the same sounds. Yeah, similar vowels. Aioli. Yeah. Aioli. Ugh, what a douche. That was not on my list to do, but I was 
falling through a TikTok hole void and I landed on someone telling that case and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, I'm telling this case. <laughs> That's how I usually end up finding mine is like, I'll be watching some random something and I'll be like, oh, five crazy cases you never knew about. And it's like, all right, I probably knew about okay, them. Okay, I, I need to look a little deeper into this. <laughs> See, and I go, yeah, I probably know about them. And I click on it, I'm like, oh my God, I've never heard of this before in my life. Well, and let's be honest, most of the time I do know about them. And I'm like, okay, you don't need to tell me about- I was like making the gesture and you were still talking, like it's done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I didn't- uh, Sorry. No, and usually they end up talking about things like Ted Bundy. I don't need to hear about Ted Bundy again. I mean- Listen, we get it. Everyone in, this, fucked. everyone fucked in the up. 70s thought he was hot. He liked to dress up the naked bodies and put lipstick on them and fuck their dead bodies. We get it. We get Move it. On. We fucking get it. No, and well, and it's not even like, obviously it's a tragic thing and it's well, really it's fucked awful, up. awful, but it doesn't mean everybody has to talk about it and make it sound like Constantly. he's the craziest thing in the world because there's way crazier cases. Which is hilarious because some of the things that we found have been just like, way over the top of that and it's like there's not a lot of media attention on it because it's too fucking it's gross right like like they never talked about him even doing the half the things that are about him don't talk about him putting makeup on and like keeping the bodies looking nice in the mountains so he could mm-hmm. go up there and like fondle them and stuff like they don't right. really talk about that much because it's weird it's fucking gross right but you know good job interesting story <laughs> never heard of it thank you all right are you ready for this i am i don't know i don't know what your case is about so maybe not so i'm gonna tell you about the disappearance and murder of andrea michelle bowman aka alexis badger it sounds familiar see i hadn't heard of it so uh the Alexis Badger thing is like what's ringing a bell, but I don't know it. I I'm, it, I couldn't for the life of you tell you what it's about. So possibly could. So my like my resources, mm-hmm. uh, Alexis Badger, her birth mom uh, has a well doesn't have a podcast, but is on a podcast called Unfound, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, Unfound, and that was one of my resources that I listened to to get some little other details I didn't cover much of it because it was talking about like her experience and what she did and I was trying to go more about like the whole story the story as a whole but it was one of my main resources and it's kind of heartbreaking but are you ready so Alexis Bowman was born on June 23rd of 1974 I was gonna say 2074 what our cases are like the same dates again Uh, yeah no when you because when we were texting I was like hey uh you said that and I was like this is new and I sent you that emoji and I just meant that it was the oh no emoji and that that was new to my phone and you were like yeah it's you know 2019 or 2020 and I was like well I mean mine was like is resolving in 2020 and 2021 (laughs) but it started way back in the day which um, was a wednesday by the way wednesday. maybe i don't know i didn't look that up <laughs> so she was born in new orleans louisiana new orleans new orleans uh to kathy turkanian i think is how you say your name um so 
Kathy got together with this boyfriend. They had this baby. The boyfriend was not prepared to be a dad. So she moved back to her family, which was already, this is just like a very general mm-hmm. idea of what happened. Um, so they had Alexis. He wasn't ready to be a dad. Kind of, they, were, they weren't making enough money. They weren't making ends meet. So she moves back to her family's house, which is all, also a little bit like questionable. Mm-hmm. And um, finds out that her mom was diagnosed with cancer. And there was just like, it was like one thing after another. And she just kind of went, you know what? Alexis would be better off being with a family that can actually take care of her and give her the life that she needs because there was, it was like everything she did to try to make the life better was just not working. She goes, maybe this is just what's best for her. So she put her up for adoption at about, uh, I want to say like a year and a half. Let me just... 21 months so about almost two years she was like it's just not we can't so it had nothing to do with not wanting her it had nothing to do with it was just I need her to have a better life than I can give her so they found they got her adopted um and she was adopted by Brenda and Dennis Bowman and changed her name to Andrea so it was a closed adoption so it was just done you weren't going to see her again. They changed her name to Andrea and they moved her to Michigan with them. Okay. So I kind of go back and forth between Andrea and Alexis through this because um, you'll see at the end, but it's, it's hard to, they're follow. the same so person. I, yeah. I try to say Andrea throughout the whole thing, but sometimes it makes more sense to say Alexis. Uh, so they moved Andrea to Michigan with them and Brenda was a store clerk at the time and a homemaker and Dennis was in the Navy so he was full-time Navy Navy soldier there isn't a lot of information about her upbringing um up until like right before her disappearance because she goes missing but basically they said there was rumors that they were just kind of a weird couple um that she seemed happy but she was hungry all the time so they don't know if maybe she was not eating enough at home or they were withholding food or something but long story short there wasn't a whole bunch of like detailed information I'll get into like the timeline story but about her as a kid which is sad um so in 1987 when Andrea was 11 12 years old or so Um, Brenda and Dennis had another daughter their own daughter and Andrea was super like mama bear about this little sister right she didn't want her out of her sight she took care of her as much as she could Uh, Andrea's classmates said that she was teased a lot and even her parents would even the parents would encourage their kids not to be friends with them or like be interested them like have crush on her because her parents were quote-unquote strange so they were kind of known as like the weird family in town that don't you just don't want to have anything to do with them Mm -hmm. um in the fall of 1988 so that following fall Andrea told her classmates that and a teacher well like a counselor at school that she was having a lot of problems at home including Dennis was molesting her yeah So her friend told her, you should just run away, just get away from her. And Andrea said she would never do that because she would never leave her little sister in that house by herself. Mm -hmm. 
um, and the teacher, the counselor, um, sent like police and a social worker worker to the house to interview Brenda and Dennis because she had said that. And they basically said that Andrea had been acting out because recently they had she had found out that she was adopted. Um, they hadn't told her when she was younger. So she had recently found out she was adopted adopted and was coming to terms with it and seemed to be really pushing away from not wanting to be in the house, whatever, even though that's the opposite of what Andrea had said to her friend where she's like, no, I don't want to leave my sister. Um, but apparently at this time they had not given her the option, but asked her if she wanted to leave the house since, you know, if she, she's adopted this, you know, if you're wanting to leave, then do you want to, what's going on? And she basically just said, nope, don't want to leave my sister. I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave if you offered it to me. So this is like set in stone. She was not leaving that sister. Uh, and they basically left it at that and said, okay, everybody get your shit together. Like you, if it's not happening, don't report it. It's a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. And then to the parents, um, figure this out because she can't be going around saying that, or she's going to get taken away. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's not true. So because she kind of like recanted it and was like, no, I want to stay. It was like, okay, well, let's not falsely accuse people of things. That's a serious matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> this was when she was like 13-ish, okay, 14-ish. Um, within a few weeks, the Bowmans moved to a rural farmhouse after this. And on the night of March 10th, 1989, Andrea planned to go bowling to a bowling alley and meet up with her friends. I'm going to forewarn you too, because this spans over such a long time, it was really hard to figure out like best timeline to tell stories. Cause we're going to start getting into this part where there are moments when I have to like go back in time, but I try to like mark how old Andrea was or like when it was in the timeline. If I have to mm-hmm. go back for new discoveries later on. Um, so she was supposed to go bowling with some friends, which she was super excited about because she didn't have a lot of friends in school. So when she did get to do stuff like that, it was like a big deal. Um, and that following day she was reported missing by Brenda and Dennis. Dennis said that Andrea had stolen a hundred dollars and told him that she was leaving to go meet her birth mother. So yeah, a hundred dollars. Uh, and Brenda said that she wasn't at the house at the time, but she also said that there were neighbors that had witnessed seeing Andrea in the neighborhood, like at the grocery store, walking down the street and stuff. But when those neighbors were interviewed, they were like, yeah, no, I haven't seen Andrea anywhere. So I don't know why she would say that. Mm -hmm. So again, this is one of those cases of at the end, we'll see what you think. Okay. Um, at first the two were very cooperative, but Dennis's story began to shift from like, she had taken a hundred dollars to there was a pile of money on the baby's dresser. And she took that to, there were two piles of money on the baby's dresser. And she took one of the two piles. Why was there money on the baby's dresser? The baby can't make money. The baby can't make money. (laughs) Uh, so then there was Kathy, the birth, her birth mother, okay, mm-hmm. um, who still was thinking about her daughter and hoped that at one point when she gets old enough, she wanted to come meet her 
so she was putting her name on all these different databases to uh, basically find my birth mother, find my whatever. So if Alexis, AKA Andrea decided she wanted to find her at one point, she'd be able to like put that information out there and they could get connected. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Kathy was wanting to reach out too because she was getting older and she needed to, well, she wanted to share some like family medical information that was important to, uh, Alexis slash Andrea, because she's just like, it's things that she needs to be aware of now that she's going to be getting into adulthood because it's been just a family problem. Right. Mm -hmm. So she put herself on all these databases. And then this is when it starts jumping around in 2010, Kathy gets a letter from so we left it off at Andrea left to go bowling and never came back and they left like she was missing okay Mm -hmm. um 2010 Kathy gets a letter from human services that basically just says this is about your daughter call this number okay so Kathy calls the number and she thinks maybe this is it she wanted to find her they found her and now they're going to get connected and she gets all excited about it calls the number and they basically just go we need a sample of your DNA because your daughter went missing in 1989 and we found a body and we need to compare your DNA to the body that we found. (gasps) And she like heart sinks and they can't tell her anything other than, you know, there's a close family member that has a criminal history. We're just trying to cross all our, but we can't tell you any information like her name or anything like that. So Kathy obviously gives them the DNA sample because she's like, I mean, I want to know if, you know, closure, whatever, but she also, her and her husband, uh, at the time started doing internet like research and trying to figure out cause they had told her in Michigan. So they went to the Michigan, like missing children's cases. They said mm-hmm. 20 years ago in 1989, went to 89, figured out which one was her daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. And kind of went looking into like the family and everything and found all these very concerning things that was not what she had signed up for when she put her daughter up for adoption so she's very uh frustrated and heartbroken so that's kind of what her part of this podcast is she kind of tells the backstory and then her her uh journey finding all this information and Mm -hmm. going through that um what's the name of the podcast unfound unfound you said that I just couldn't remember um so they tested against this Jane Doe that they found and it wasn't a match but now Kathy knows so she started her research and because it was a closed adoption oh yep I just went off rails all right Kathy and her husband basically became PIs okay (laughs) uh Now for the criminal record background of uh, Dennis Bowman. Okay. So. I don't want to know, do I? Yeah. So this is when we go back in time again. So you can hear Mm -hmm. everything that was on his record. Slash things that not tied to him, but I think could be tied to him because of stories that it just makes sense. So Dennis was arrested in uh, 1980 for attempted murder. Uh, This was after they had adopted... Alexis. So this is when I kind of start going back to Alexis. Um, So what happened was on May 23rd, 1980, he attacked a 19 year old girl who was riding her bike. Her story is that she was riding down the road, right? 
and this motorcycle passes her not a big deal didn't really she just noted it because it was loud and then it passes her again the opposite way like it made a u-turn she's like okay that's weird because it wasn't busy on the road Mm -hmm. and then it does it again comes past her again and then she hears it turn around behind her and start getting closer and closer and it cut her off on her bike in front of her and so she had to like veer off the road and stop because otherwise she would have ran right into him and I don't want to okay I'm just going to keep going because it's one bullet point uh so he yells at her to go into that woods go into the woods go into the woods and she panics and like freezes because she's like what am I supposed to do what's happening Mm -hmm. and he shoots a gun toward her and tells her to go to the woods again again she's like frozen in fear and shoots a gun again towards her and she's standing there a car in the background not super close but close enough for him to turn around and look at it comes so he turns she hops on her bike takes off and down the road a little bit like she can hear him behind her trying to start the bike like it's doing the Mm -hmm. um and she just takes off doesn't turn around she's like i just needed to go so she sees a truck coming down the road a little ways down Mm -hmm. rides right in front of him like throws herself in front of him to get him to stop jumps in the truck the truck driver takes her home to her mom and they call the police right that's her story of what happened that day. Um, soon after that, they found Dennis because she gave a description. She did all the things and it was apparently it was pretty like the bike was something that was obvious. So when he mm-hmm. was still riding the bike, they knew exactly who he was. Um, they took her to the police station and for whatever reason, Uh, Dennis was standing outside with the officers and when they pulled up in the because she rode with her mom in a police car to the police station Mm -hmm. Um, when they pulled up she was like that's him he did me he did that to me like whatever Um, so he gets arrested on on the spot and he's charged with attempted murder because he shot towards her with a gun Mm -hmm. right so he ends up posting bail in between the trial and posting bail he has like an annual training for navy so he's he goes to virginia and then comes back and then he goes to trial and he pleads to a lesser sentence of assault with intent to sexually sexually uh oh uh, sexual misconduct excuse me i added ew so he basically just was like i mean i wasn't planning to kill her i was just planning to rape her what excuse me so sir he gets five to ten years in jail for this let me guess he serves four it's less than five um yeah that's it doesn't say specifically a time but it says less than five years in the articles i was looking at uh so brenda packs up andrea so again i'm at andrea because she's Mm -hmm. in the house with them and herself and moves them closer to her husband who just admitted that he was planning to rape a 19 year old girl um so she could visit him at in the jail yeah i don't this is that's gross brenda brenda uh so he ends up serving less than five years in jail like i said uh and when he gets out brenda gets pregnant again pretty 
within months of him getting out, she's pregnant. And this was in 1987. So a couple years before mm-hmm. uh, Andrea goes missing. So I said five-year-old sister, two-year-old sister, not yeah. five-year-old. Uh, anyway, so they moved back to Holland, Michigan, which is where that attack happened. So they literally live where he was arrested mm-hmm. again. I don't, I mean, I don't understand. But anyway, within a year of moving back. So these are the ones that are not necessarily tied to him, mm-hmm. but I could see being something he could be connected to. Um, within a year of moving back, a girl was stabbed and killed just a block or two from his house. It's unsolved, but there were suspicions that it seemed very similar to something he would have done because because of who he is. Um, then on September 25th, because then you find out one of his other things that he gets found for later on kind of matches the stabbing, st- stabby, stabby of these ones. Mm-hmm. Um, on September 25th of 1989, six months after Andrea's disappearance, um, a six-year-old girl was abducted. She... So her story was that a man in a red truck had stopped to ask her if she wanted to look at some puppies. And so when she like stepped closer, cause she didn't like walk into the vehicle. She said when she stepped closer, the man like snatched her up (gasps) and threw her in the vehicle and drove them to a wooded area and ordered her to take her clothes off and proceeded to tie her up. And then she said that she heard behind her the zip like an unzip and something scared him off for whatever reason and he took off so she was able to get herself like untied enough to be able to run to the nearest person that she could find and they got her help um her description of the man who abducted her was 20 to 40 she's six so she has a hard Mm -hmm. time deciding that like I read that and I was like what the oh well I suppose it's a six-year-old um had a mustache and a five o'clock shadow. So he was a little scruffy. Um, they put together a composite and I'm not going to say it looks like Dennis, but it fucking looks like Dennis at the time. <laughs> um, it really does. Like the only difference is that in the picture, the chin right here is a little bit slimmer than what Dennis's was. I'm not going to say it looks like Dennis, but it doesn't not look like Dennis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I wouldn't put it past him because of everything else Mm -hmm. as far as definitives go though it seems like Dennis went back to normal living after he got out of the jail because these aren't for sure but after he got out of jail it seemed like he lived for a few years just low-key didn't do anything um then in 1997 so now we're back up to after she had disappeared okay 1997, while working on an assembly line, he becomes infatuated with one of his coworkers. Mm-hmm. She, so she was a young woman and he was in his late fifties at the time. Let me guess. She was like, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, she had, she's like, we genuinely didn't know anything about each other. The only thing that she knew was he was known as hack and scratch. Do you know why? Cause he'd cough and scratch his balls. Pretty much because he'd hack hack up loogies and spit them wherever and scratch a scratch <laughs> so he was known as hack and scratch at work 
That's and so he was gross. just kind of like the gross guy at work. So That's... she was like, yeah, I just kept my distance. I didn't really even talk to him. That's gross. Yeah. Uh, so he legitimately made up in his head, though, that they were in this relationship and he was having a, an affair with her on his wife in his brain. That's what he was doing. Uh, and so he begins stalking her, starts breaking into her house and stealing her underwear that's so creepy. I hate stalkers. Mm-hmm. So this girl reports it to the police saying, I think someone's breaking into my house, but it doesn't seem like they're really taking anything. Cause I'm sure she's not paying attention to her underpants, you know, mm-hmm. she goes, but I've had issues where I've noticed that my door is ajar like 15 times when I get up or when I come home. Mm-hmm. And so they set up, um, Oh, I almost forgot during one of his break-ins he cut the end of the blind short on the bottom so he could look in at her in her bedroom. Ew. So it was like just enough to where he could see past it. Like, what the fuck? Okay. Ew. Um, yeah, I, it was gross. So the police install silent, a silent alarm into the house so that the next time this person comes in, it'll go off. They can get there and catch them, Right. Because since I had no other leads whatsoever other than it, it keeps happening. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously at some point it gets triggered and it's good old hack and scratch Dennis Bowman in her house. Um, and his story for why he broke into her house. Okay. So he makes up this story that it was like just this one time. So he said he was going for a walk and he suddenly had the urge to uh, the emergency urge to, it was a potty emergency to poop. <laughs> and so he just went to the closest house to use their bathroom he just broke into poo (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean fair enough but not not real but also you no, you don't do that (laughs) that's not a thing that you do so at at this point they have evidence to search for a search warrant on the house that dennis was living in with brenda and they find her underwear a mask, a crowbar, and a gun in a bag. So he had his own little like kill kit. Kill Ooh. kit. Yeah. Um, so when this goes to trial, a bazillion character witnesses come out. Like his church people, his bosses, everybody comes and is like, you know, he's a really good guy. He was a PTA member for his youngest daughter. Uh yeah. No, so <laughs> everybody comes out and says he's this great guy writes letters and he writes a letter saying that he was the dedicated father to two daughters 125 and 111 mind you this is 11 years after Andrea disappeared so he's claiming that he's still a loving doting father to his missing daughter who is not in the picture yeah um for this he only spent a year in jail that's so gross and especially since he has a record you would think that there would be more doubt and he was fine to pay damages on the apartment so he had to fix the blinds basically yeah this is why i when we were trying to decide if we were going to get curtains or blinds i was like i want velvet blackout curtains because Mm -hmm nobody is no, fucking seeing no yeah. thank you no thank you uh a few years after this again it seems like he's laying low and living his life uh 
once he started getting it started getting into the 2000s though genealogy got better so people were doing all their dna tests and stuff so a sample in the lab links to a 40 year old cold case okay 40 years getting a little rapey in here hack and sack this case scratch scratch i mean sack scratch i guess Mm mm-hmm Uh, So this case is from September 11th, 1980. A Navy wife named Kathleen Doyle, never heard of her yet, huh? Mm -mm. Uh, Kathleen Doyle was found murdered in her apartment. For timeline references, this is the same year that he got arrested for shooting at that girl. Okay. Uh, Kathleen was married to Stephen Doyle. And who soon after they got married got deployed. So she was kind of on her own in this apartment, um, which she was fine with because she was like a military family. That was a big thing everybody kept talking about in the articles and stuff that she was a military family, that she, (laughs) they were talking about in the articles that she was a military family gal. So she was used to like her dad would be out on deployments and they would move around and stuff. So it wasn't like new to her. Um, so she was really good at making friends because that was like her lifeline you know she would talk to her friends and her call her family every day Kathleen oh yep already wrote that Ah! so her friend said that she was just a joy to be around she was always happy and always willing to help however she could Uh, she would write her husband daily and would journal regularly because she wanted to become a writer so she was working on her her writing skills Uh, But sadly, on September 12th of 1980, Kathleen's friends came to check on her because they hadn't heard from her in over a day, which is weird. They're like, hey, I haven't heard from Kathy. Have you? No. Okay. Let's go just like check in, make sure she's all right. Maybe she's sick and we should bring her something, right? So they go in and they find her strangled, sexually assaulted, and stabbed. Mm. Um, There were no leads until 1984. When good old uh, Henry Lee Lucas claimed this murder when he was on his claiming rampage. Such a dumbass. And then obviously took back his confession and said, just kidding. I didn't do like any of those. I just wanted to drive around and get pie. And the notoriety. Yeah. It's, it was he just really did fuck? Just drive around and get pie. Yeah. That's all he did. <laughs> saying <laughs> i know but pie and coke i just want my pop and i want my pie i know and i i know i knew that but just the way you nonchalantly said it i'm like he really did just want to drive around to get pie he was a simple man he was a simple man he just uh with like three teeth no that's why he needed pie because it's soft really he's soft <laughs> but after this the case went cold um there wasn't any leads until dna in 2018 kind of connected it to it so 2018 investigators run the dna through their genealogy database and match to michigan and then they go to michigan and run it through the database in the criminal like realm in michigan and they come across a match of mr dennis bowman so dennis raped and killed this girl She's in Virginia, mind you. So he so, was on 
It was when he was in the Navy thing. And he was <gasps> he was out on bail for the attempted murder and went to Virginia for his Navy annual training. Dun, dun, dun. Killed this girl and then flew back. Some bullshit. Some bullshit. Yeah, no. So in November of 1919, 2019, Dennis is arrested and exonerated to Virginia for Kathleen's murder exonerated isn't the right word no exonerated expedited that's what I meant he was expedited extradited extradited well okay so extradited (laughs) I'm sorry I got I'm sorry I'm sorry you're not sorry you're not sorry you're never sorry uh and extradited to Virginia for his the murder of Kathleen at the time he was 70 years old so he just kind of admitted to it you know um Why not? he's lived his whole fucking life yeah he said when he was 31 and in virginia for the two weeks for annual training uh he got drunk one night and broke into this house with intention to rob it i guess is what she, he says and then things escalated and he ended up attacking her stabbing her raping her killing her you know, that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. The huge. God, I, this guy. I just, so, and all of his things when he like confesses to stuff, all of them are like, well, I didn't mean to. It wasn't like I was trying to. Yeah. It was an accident. Get out of here. He you didn't try that- not. I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to pull out the, the Thomas yeah. thing that always drives me crazy. You didn't try not to. Yeah, exactly. No, and that's exactly it is it's like the fuck dude uh so he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison good uh while in jail the investigators started looking into his past and questioning him about his adopted daughter's disappearance and he won't say anything to them but he does confess to his wife in february of 2020 uh she had been telling him you know you owe me this at least you owe me to tell me what happened thing you owe me yeah it's like i stood by you for all of this shit and you owe me to tell me that right so he said so near so far right under your nose and brenda goes what are you talking about he replies andrea she's buried in the backyard (gasps) oh shit shit so Dennis wrote a confession letter for Brenda to read at her like testimony Ew. that was kind of detailed things a little bit more. Ew. Yeah. yeah. And so this Brenda's testimony is um, because I watched that too. It's very interesting. I can't decide how I feel about Brenda. Okay. I feel like she's who who was it that had the wife washing dishes? Uh, 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 Austria, what's his face? Um, you know who I'm talking about. You all are yelling at us right now. I do, but Elizabeth was the daughter's name. Either way, it's like that the wife just washing dishes and pretending nothing's wrong ever, and then it's like, oh, what do you mean something happened? Um, it's been right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't like that. I mean, there were signs that he was fucked up, but like, maybe she didn't think that he would go that far. 
and yeah. she I think it she was it was she just had her blinders on yeah so basically. she didn't want to deal with yeah didn't want to deal with it mm-hmm. so he wrote this letter for her testimony and he had written I have confessed to the death of Andrea I myself and nobody else in the letter she testified that he had told her that he had buried her remains yada 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 all the things right uh he said that they had gotten into an argument and he hit her so he's like I confessed to hitting her but she's she lost balance and fell down the stairs and cracked her neck when she landed on the bottom of the stairs (sighs) Um, and so rather than calling the authorities, you know what Dennis did? He buried her in the backyard. Oh, he chopped her up with a machete and an axe and then buried her in the backyard. Oh, why? I don't know. And like the medical examiner said that there was proof of blunt force and sharp force trauma, which would, I guess, in a sense, Mm -hmm. make sense with falling down the stairs and then getting chopped up. Mm -hmm. But like, what the fuck? Like there's, it's or not was even it, just barrier. Was it to hide just in case they found her body? Any sexual assault she may have included or had. You know what? That could be it. Um, also, they moved a year after that, and he dug her up and moved her to the backyard of their new house. Yeah, you don't. Like, you can't just. Okay, I'm sorry. Stop. You can't just also like that's just some yeah. fucking random fun fact. Icky. Oh, fun fact. That's, <laughs> that's icky. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Uh, so, like I said, got into an argument, hit her, moved her dead body. Well, her parts of her dead body. Uh, they go to the Bowman property. Okay, sorry, I was like, I feel like there should be more, but no. They go to the Bowman's property and they find Alexis's remains in the backyard. Um, she's under a slab of cement. She's in a container with five garbage bags filled with body parts. um they charge they charge him with murder and first degree child abuse and mutilation of a body um and then brenda wasn't charged with anything brenda's like i had no idea he had anything to do with this or the murder or you know this is all new to me i just don't understand how one chops up a body buries it in your backyard then digs it up and replants it in your new backyard and you have no fucking idea. So Dennis had said that he, as soon as they signed papers for the new one and they were working on like getting together, moving and stuff, that's when he dug it up and buried it in the other backyard because they technically were in both properties at the time. Mm-hmm. But I still don't understand how she's not aware. That's what I mean. Like blinders what do you, forever. What do you mean? Uh, so Dennis is currently incarcerated and waiting for on trial for the murder of alexis and this one i'm starting to say alexis again because her mom is fighting to legally change her name back to alexis badger and get her remains so she can bury her properly with the family burial plot because clearly this family was not treating her like family and so it's a i don't know how it's gonna go legally but that's what she's working towards right now because she's like i just want the remains to be like resting in peace Right. Somewhere where people who do love her will be there because they all loved her. It was just a matter of this isn't the right place for a child to be. Right. So that is the story of the disappearance and murder of Alexis Badger, aka Andrea Bowman. 
That's fucked up, dude. Wasn't it weird? I was like, every time twists and turns. That's what I'm saying. When I first started looking into it, I was like, okay, so I, I mean, as much as you don't want to go, it's just a regular old dad pretends the kid went missing and killed her thing Mm -hmm. but it was at first it was like okay well obviously it's just a cold case that happened to get but then there's like the mom the birth mom on the other side of it and then there's like this murder in virginia on the other side of it and then these little like abductions and murder things happening with these girls around him when he's in the area again right away and it didn't happen while he wasn't yeah that's a really good face I'm making. Yep, it's oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> that's how I feel good. about that. Just, just gross. Just ill. ill. I don't like it. Well, that's it. Sorry. Good job. Thanks. I hope we depressed you both. You both. We only have just two the two of you that are listening. Just the two of you that are listening. <laughs> I hope we depressed you satisfactorily. That's not a word. I keep making up words. It's um, fine. So did Doctor Seuss. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Bing. All, right, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Sorry, yeah. we don't have anything funny to say to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like at this point you've signed up for this. I I don't have a palate just, cleanser for you. I'm just full of mucus, and I don't want to be here anymore. Okay. Well, you spread the words. Don't spread your germs. Oh, good. That's like our new one for this pandemic um <laughs> the pandemic <laughs> we're just no, making right. all the plans <laughs> i'm just making all the plans um okay well, we're just say. we're just gonna go bye guys love bye. You. thanks for listening spread the word spread yourself all over town but don't spread your germs we love you thanks for going with us on this exciting journey see ya Bye.